This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Voice API, you get comprehensive call analytics, virtual assistance, automated speech recognition, and text-to-speech benefits across multiple languages. Developers can add smart voice functionalities into your app, giving your customers an easier way to reach you. And you can start collecting real-time data to drive more meaningful engagement to move your business forward. Learn more at Vonage.com. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen, this is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. Okay, cool. Uh, Let's get into it then. Here it is. Kyle Ayers has never seen... Law and Order SVU, based on what people say online about it and episodes of The Simpsons that make jokes about it. <laughs> Insert black title card. I cropped the other card. A grizzled male voice narrates over a title card which reads the same. In the Law and Order cinematic universe, some crimes are way, way worse than others. Some crimes are heavily fluid-centric. These are those crimes. This is Law and Order sport utility vehicle. Title card, created by Dick Wolf. I should have looked that up before I wrote my script. A wolf howls in the distance. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, okay. (laughs) What's the soonest something's ever fallen apart? A A wolf howls in the distance. Okay, that sounds like a person, but... We'll take YouTube's word for it. The patented from Law & Order plays. Exterior, hardened Brooklyn streets. Night, a mist settles over a sidewalk in a Brooklyn neighborhood. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> the camera is still fixed to a street lamp high over the street. The street is lined with brownstones, an ordinary night in Brooklyn. Suddenly, a woman's scream echoes throughout the street. The patented from Law and Order plays. Cut to exterior, the same hardened Brooklyn street. Later. <laughs> police cars line the street, lights spinning. Police tape boxes. Police tape boxes the street into a crime scene. Officers in blue uniforms are huddled in a circle. The camera moves across the police tape and through the mass, and we see a woman's body lying on the sidewalk, dead. Two NYPD officers with incredibly stereotypical Brooklyn accents stand over the body. <laughs> All they had was like the women sexy police thing. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) it was like you either like super troopers or fucking. (laughs) It's also a one piece thing. (laughs) Okay. Two NYPD officers with incredibly stereotypical Brooklyn accents stand over the body. Officer Pizza takes off his hat and holds it with both hands at his waist. Ah, 
<laughs> ah, freaking shame, I tell you what. Officer Slice nods his head. Young girl just trying to go to yoga. Because she gets all the white. Hold, before we move on, what do you think people in New York sound like, Caleb? <laughs> I'm from my New York. A New York City, Apple Town. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right there. You're right there. Forget about it. <laughs> Sorry. That's actually my next line. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> Both men nod. A single tear runs down Officer Slice's cheek. The patented from Law and Order plays. Oh. <laughs> Can we do it again? The patented from oh, Law and Order. What's that noise? Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, that means the fancy guys in the jacket boys is here. We get a POV shot from the police tape. Then into the shot walks Detective Patricia Walkabout and Detective Tony Baldspot. They walk a... Oh, Oh no, no well. They walk with confidence of two people in charge, both wearing long beige trench coats that sway purposefully. As they walk, revealing their badges and holstered weapons, Detective Patricia Walkabout walks up to Pizza and Slice. Hey, uh, Detective, we got your crime scene all sealed off to... Uh, this is my crime the... scene now. <laughs> yeah, I, we agree with, uh, with you. We just, uh, you I'm know. in charge here. No one is uh, disputing that, Detective. We uh, are just saying. Uh, Detective Patricia Walkabout pulls her gun out and shoots Officer Slice in the kneecap. <laughs> he pat he, he keels over. The patented from Law and Order plays. Anyone else want to question who's in charge here? A special victims unit crime scene now. There's a beat. Beat. <laughs> <laughs> so either of either of you gonna explain what happened here? Uh, well, detective, uh, looks like uh, this woman here is dead. <laughs> More murdered. <laughs> There's fluids everywhere, and that's why uh, you got called. I figured. Detective Patricia Walkabout stands over the corpse and pulls out a pen to tap on her chin so it looks like she's thinking hard. We can't tell if she's thinking hard or not because she doesn't say whether or not she's thinking hard. Then she notices a small note tucked in the front pocket of the corpse's pants. The patented from Law and Order plays. She removes the note, unfolds it, and begins reading. My dear Cynthia... I'm sorry you couldn't find a way to love me and my 25 parrots that I own. I love you almost as much as I love my parrots, but since you don't love me or my parrots, I have to kill you. Here's a note about it, love Paul. Detective Patricia Walkabout takes a beat. Beat. <laughs> this could be a clue. Too early to tell. She waves in Detective Tony Baldspot. See if you can find any fluids or other leads here. Detective Tony Baldspot begins his very long, beautifully shot regimen of crime scene investigating. He puts in his white Apple ear pods and pulls out an old click wheel iPod. He clicks through the playlist to a playlist called Found a Dead Person on a Sidewalk and or Road Trip Playlist. The Distance by Cake begins playing. 
Tony Baldspot gracefully slinks over the body like the night fox in Ocean's 12. <laughs> he leans over the body, taking his time to scan up and down the corpse. Suddenly, he notices something. Why did that make a record noise when I hit pause? I've noticed something. Tony focuses in on a small puddle of blood coming from beneath the corpse. He lowers his finger down to the blood and touches it, and a tiny amount of blood clings to his finger. He raises his hand to his mouth, sticks his entire hand into his mouth. <laughs> he stops. It's blood. <laughs> the patented from Law and Order plays. Suddenly, a faint voice calls out from the edge of the police tape. The voice is gathered, intelligent, and completely calm. What happened here? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, who are you? The detectives turn around. A short man with long, scraggly hair is standing at the edge of the police lineup. He is wearing a tweed jacket with a turtleneck underneath. There are four parrots on his shoulders, two on each side. The parrot man responds, speaking like a fedora would if it was a sophomore at a liberal arts college. Oh, me? I'm no one. Just a passerby, a character in the night. A nobody who happened upon you all here. Me? I'm nobody of consequence. <laughs> nobody to remember, as C.S. Lewis once said. Well, I'll take you at your word. One of the man's parrots calls out. Mark? She doesn't love us. Let's kill her, Mark! <laughs> Thank you for putting a wig on to come be a voice. <laughs> hey, what did your parrot just say? Nothing. Just a bird, uh, probably repeating something he heard on the television set. The parrot calls out again. Mark? Okay, let's go kill Cynthia! Mark? Kill her! And leave a note in her pocket! <laughs> Wait, did, did that bird just say you were going to kill Cynthia? No. <laughs> Silly that you could think that. He's probably just repeating something from television, as I said. What show has someone killed named Cynthia? Have you seen Peaky Blinders? <laughs> I can't say that I have. It's, it's that show, then. That's, that's the show. Wait, wait, wait. I've seen Peaky Blinders. You sound like you're on yeah, Peaky really Blinders. Blinders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anyone named Cynthia getting killed in it. The patented plays. Parrot Man thinks. What season are... You are. <laughs> I want season two. All the way through season two? <laughs> no. Well, I'm about to start season two. I just finished one, but you know, so much TV these days and... Oh yeah, it's in uh, season two. Uh, yes, that's where Cynthia murder happens. <laughs> so, you haven't got there yet. Oh, that makes sense. Sorry for the spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Truly a whole page I could have edited. 
Why are people standing around talking about Peaky Blinders? I think we should do it again. <laughs> I don't think so. Sir, as pleasant as you might be, I need you to get out of here. We have a murder scene to investigate. Murder, huh? Oh, and what a pretty girl she was. <laughs> Too bad she didn't have more love to give. <laughs> Such a pretty, pretty girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Parrotman turns to walk away. Cut to interior detective's office. Day. The next day. <laughs> detective Patricia Walkabout and Detective Tony Baldspot are pacing around an office in a busy police station. A wall-sized bulletin board is adorned with dozens of photos and articles, all with connected by yarn and pushpins. One note card reads, man with parrot on shoulders, and it's connected to another note card that reads, seems nice, must catch up on Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Beneath it, this took me three hours to make this. Beneath it is the note, that Detective Patricia Walkabout found uh, the body of the scene. <laughs> so, so you guys studying the PowerPoint slide? <laughs> I just can't crack this case. Both detectives are hovered over their case files when a small drop of liquid falls from the ceiling, splashing onto the floor. Find out. Detective Tony Baldspot begins his routine again. Earpods in, click wheel, iPod out. He clicks and clicks and hits play. After a moment, the Joker <laughs> by the Steve Miller band starts playing. Detective Tony Baldspot slides across his desk like he's on the hood of that racist car in Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> he falls into plank formation on the floor above the unidentified liquid. As far backstage as possible so people don't have to worry about hearing what he's saying. He begins to lower himself. I don't know why this stopped. Is that all the song I own? He begins to lower himself like a slow push-up and hovers directly above the liquid. He drops his tongue slowly from his mouth and dips it into the liquid, then retracts it back in his mouth. He's, his eyes shut the entire time. He swishes the liquid around, gargling it like mouthwash. He moves his tongue in and out between his lips like a dog with peanut butter on the roof of his mouth. This goes until... Parrot shit! <laughs> that is right. Parrot shit indeed. Were <laughs> you outside? Parrot man walks, walks, pushes open the door. Who wrote this? To the detective's office, and parrots fly in like doves in a John Woo movie. <laughs> It's, it's me, the suspicious man with parrots from the, the crime scene last night. God, I just, I don't... <laughs> fucking serious? <laughs> we just, we met, we, we, meet, we meet a lot of people um, on this job. Yeah, honestly, it's one of my favorite parts, all the interesting folks we come across. I, I, I stood, I had a parrot, on my shoulder, talking about how I mur uh, watch P. 
Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Yes, indeed, it is me again. Yeah. How are things coming along with the investigation, detectives? Parrot Man begins to pace. I'm so sorry about this, Will. Parrot- this is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, look, you can, you can see. Yeah. Look what he has to read. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm writing this, I'm like, I'm the funniest person of all time. His bird, Parrotman begins to pace in his office, his birds flying left and right as he switches direction. He monologues. I would imagine you haven't arrested anyone yet, have you? I didn't think so. <laughs> Let me ask you, Detective, have you ever heard of Sigmund Freud's 1915 work, Some Character Types Met Within Psychoanalytic Work? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> In it, Freud addressed criminality from a sense of guilt. His thesis was that we all bear the burden of unconscious Oedipal guilt. Freud asserted in The Ego and the Id that an increase in this unconscious sense of guilt can turn people into criminals. I'm going to read it as slow as possible because you did this. Freud maintained that the sense of guilt existed before the crime... I lost my place. <laughs> Just take it from the top, and it's fine. And constituted the motive for the crime. Basically, a desire by criminals to be caught. It's not done. Criminals, according to Freud here, where... Well, it's illegal to not cite your work. What? <laughs> Want to be caught and constantly will put themselves in positions to be caught. Returning to the scene of the crime, carrying around evidence, everything of the sort. What do you think of, the, of that idea, detective? Does it ring a bell? The detectives sit in this. There's a beat. How could an idea ring a bell? Does it have like a little hammer to hit the bell with? Immediately after this bad joke, Kyle couldn't think of anything better to replace it with. Officers, pizza and slice burst through the door. They're giddy. (laughs) Yeah! Hey! Hey, we got him, detectives! Hey! Hey! That's the guy who moited that lady! Parrot Man is dumbfounded. What? No, that's impossible because I, I... Wonderful news! How did you catch him? Well, we stopped and frisked some guy for the hell of it. Hey, seemed like the type who didn't do it. So, blammo! We cuffed him up. He's denying it, which is just something a murderer would do. No, no, you must, no! The parrots all stop following Parrot Man around and all land on the shoulders of Officer Pizza and Officer Slice. One parrot calls out, Another day here at CSI Miami. Cut to black. Oh, and then I put play won't get fooled again, but my phone's too slow. But that's the end. Thank you. Law and order. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. 
I just think Peaky Blinders is a dumb name for a show. Okay. <laughs> Who's going to watch... All, every show on Netflix, why they got dumb... I'm not going to watch something called Altered Carbon. It can't sound like a 90s rock band. I'm not going to watch the show. Okay. Next scene. We're going to... What's going to happen is I'm going to bring our guests out here, and they're going to tell us a little bit about what they know going into this one. And so please get up for your next guest, Mr. Henry Zabrowski, everybody. Henry. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. I love the Photoshop. Thank you. I love it. It was kind of surprisingly quick and easy. I fit on all of them. I was in my room. I'm like, Henry's face fit on this fan. You know yeah. what I mean? It's almost, it's meant to be. <laughs> it's it a synchronicity. So, uh, someone sent me the one of you as the littlest girl, and, and someone I, I never, and with just the caption, nope. And it's someone I never <laughs> talked to. <laughs> I love it, though. I, um, so what do we, what, you know, what's, what do you know about Little House on the Prairie? Absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. I know that it. the first thing that hits my head is that, wow, what a boring thing. Whatever it is, that's got to be the worst piece of entertainment that possibly exists. Yeah. Like, that it just has to be straight up the most boring, who could possibly give a fuck piece of series, amount of work that people did for years. For years and years and years. For years. I know that. I know it lasted for years. And I know that Michael Landon was on it. Oh, yeah. And the thing about Michael Landon is that all I know is my mom's impression of Michael Landon, which is like, Michael Landon was an angel. He was a special man that was kind in his heart, and you could tell by his face. And I think it's mostly just because she just wanted to fucking yeah. grind on him. Um, she was really excited sexually by him. Yeah. Um, so what I did, as I was trying to find this little house on the prairie with my fingertips typing it out, yeah. um, this is what just kind of slid out of me. Okay. Did, I like the wording. Um. Um, I think, is there a note? Can people hear me backstage? Because I'd say the first note is, think 1930s? I have, yeah, I have no idea when this was made or takes place. It could have anywhere. I think it was from the beginning of television. I had to look up that this wasn't that video of the train coming at the screen. And also, when you... That's how old I thought this was. I was like, everyone's going to run out of the theater. Oh, it's a train. But, um, because back in the day, people were really bored. Right. And now... <laughs> Why did this... How bored were they that they were like, what if we watched other people whittle? <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch a man make a porch scripted. <laughs> um, I also, I can't pick a prairie out of a bunch of landscapes. That's the other thing I realized, yeah. too. That's, see, I that's don't my know. forte right there. Really? Yeah, yeah. Cornscape, prairie, it just depends on what you're looking for and like how much money you're willing to spend. So how accurate was I? Uh, oh, I think you got it 100%. I say that with utmost confidence. Hell yeah, that's what uh, I'm really What we do for. need is I need two people who want to be in this scene. So we need two people who want to be in this scene. You can raise your hand and I can see everyone. Or do you it. can just stand up and be confident and walk up here and save the show. Okay, Take a yeah, shot. yeah, right here in the second just, row just and right there. It. We got two. Hell Come yeah. On. Okay, right. uh, yeah, give it up Hell for yeah. these two. Hell yeah. Uh, you, sir. Be brave. You're part of art now. Would uh, You will be corn. <laughs> 
and you will be the other character. You'll see who it is when you get back. If you head back there, they've got they'll get you costumed up and get you scripts and everything. Welcome to Hollywood. So you can just yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if we all left? <laughs> Yeah, I just sent two guys to a dumpster, and we all left a fake theater. See you, uh, fuckers. Yeah. Yeah, what's up, Ashton? Um, what's punk but for regular people? Ruining days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's also just called an act out of my entire career. Yeah. Uh, this is great. Uh, great. So let's think. They're probably completely prepped to play their roles. One oh, person it's is... It's pretty easy. It's just like all of this stuff is from the heart. Yeah. All of this is just like if you've this been to the middle of this country and you've seen the oh, great beating heart that t- that pumps the blood of this the beautiful history of this country, then you know right. how to do this. This story. sounds like the beginning of a CNN article profiling a Trump supporter. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but how is it being them these days? Sometimes there is a diamond in a garbage can. <laughs> uh, and I want to tell you guys now, so you're prepped for it. Uh, our second friend who we just sent back there ends the entire scene with a page-long monologue. That's what's best. <laughs> That's how I like to end things. <laughs> and he will, I hope, can you imagine if their worst fear is public speaking? I know. I, even my dumb self was like, he's quieter. He will be the long speech that closes the scene. Yes. And it's a lot of twists and turns. Yeah. I sure hope he can do push-ups. Yeah, um, man. I actually did not realize. I was talking about with his gay wrist backstage about how I didn't realize how full-on the act-outs were going to be. I was going to make oh, people yeah. do a lot more physically difficult things. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they can if they f- are feeling it, or if you want to give notes during the scene, that's also welcome. Great. Uh, yes. We like to think of this as the like the last scripted read-through of a high school that closed two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know and the I mean? drama like teacher it, right. is still like <laughs> congregating people outside in the parking lot. If everyone still showed up to shoot Glee. <laughs> and they were like, nah, the, they you know check the paperwork. The pedophile uh, one did for a while. Someone on Glee was a pedophile? Yeah. Yeah, and he gave himself the old I, goodbye. I'm just getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to get out of it now. Okay. Because he's the good-looking one. That's the that's the sad part is that it's that's not the sad ugly for ones. him yeah. too. If he's the best looking, well, that's right? Not, yeah. I feel it's weird that if you're a pedophile and you're very handsome, right? Yeah. It's like, come on, pick on someone any other age. Honestly, why he's taking all the kids from the ugly pedophiles? <laughs> this is all they have. Jesus, I know. This is hogs. If he's rolling Child around hogs. with like all the hot kids. The ugly pedophile's got the ugly kids and no one's talking about it. The ugly pedophile's just like, yeah, Dairy Queen opens in an hour. Chill, chill. No, I can't leave the Chevelle on. It'll run the battery down. Uh, That's good to joke. Uh, Yeah, yeah. No one in here be a pedophile. Hey, guys, for a second. (laughs) Just let it... Jesus. We're really putting the P in PSA here. No, um, I just like hearing all the candy wrappers <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah, we made sure they sold the loudest foods. <laughs> if you guys want to, everyone pour your Pop Rocks into your mouth. Um, <laughs> drink your Pepsis and we'll get this going. Uh, okay, so are you ready? You'll do the stage directions. I'm going to run uh, tech. Yep. Check. And Perfect. Let, let, let's do it. I like the tape. Yeah, right. I, yeah. Well, I said roll the tape. This is great. I thought of that seven years ago. <laughs> I've been waiting for a situation to do a roll the tape bit. Okay, right. let's do it. Exterior, a little house on the prairie. 
We see a pretty house with hand-sewn curtains amidst a field of corn. Miles and miles and miles of corn and other farm plants. Big farm plants. You could be driving on the highway half a mile from this house and you wouldn't see it. Maybe you shouldn't see it. Maybe this little house contains secrets that shouldn't escape past the corn. A milkman pulls up in an old jalopy all jangly with milks. He's covered in road dust. He walks up to the house with his jug cart and knocks on the door of the house. <laughs> I did not know what a milkman wore. I don't know. That's great. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it, that's from a Breaking Bad scene we did because it says, ask me about my meth on it. Perfect. <laughs> but he's a milkman. Got your jugs for you. Hot milk from Sunny Day Farms. Perfect. Honestly, you got it. The door swings open on its own. Two identical blonde twins emerge. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is this the top button buttoned on Arby's? <laughs> Why are you knocking, stranger? <laughs> I'm new to the root, and uh, I'm here to bring you fresh jugs of hot milk. <laughs> Your milk needs? No one ever comes knocking no more. Ever since Pa went into the corn. <laughs> can your mother come to the door and empty these jugs into the milk vat then? And I can wrangle up your oats and bring them to the Richardson's market and glue any eggs and hen and you got in case you're searching for a dime or three. I have no clue what farmers do or what. Yeah, I have this no clue how people speak this in like, this part of the country. No, this sounds like you don't know how transactions work. Yeah. It's me working it out. I don't know me. I just put these things down. I fart in your face and I own a teddy bear. I would be going. And it's egg and hens. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Egg and hens. That makes more sense. Gotcha. <laughs> Ma went into the corn and never came back. Why, that's a bone-chilling thing for these little children. <laughs> there are dark whispers from the corn. Go away from here. Go away. Gloves are slick. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that talking? Beware the little house on the prairie. <laughs> Beware. Don't, Don't listen to the corn. Corn, corn is all mad because it ain't wheat. The wheat also begins to whisper. The wheat sounds like an old man with a hurt foot. Suck our dicks. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> stay, new milkman, stay. Become sustenance for the prairie. Uh, I can only handle about five more minutes of this creepitude before I get back into my into my jalopy and bejungle my way back to Sunny Day Farms where I can pet my cows and have sex with the man I made out of flower bags. <laughs> That's what milkmen do. A hungry-looking older child, Rita, ambles out of the house. She smokes a cigarette and looks haunted. Out here we 
call that being farm gay. <laughs> oh good, a less spooky child. You get back on that jalopy, old man. You bejunkle on back down to wherever you came from and give nary no mind to this little house on the prairie. Listen to Rita, she knows. A crow! Yeah, perfect. This, you're great. You're scaring me, Corn. A crow calls into a night of infinite eerie majesty. I didn't ask for your goddamn support. You're being a real bitch, Rita. <laughs> Get out of here, milkman, for your own good. Leave those engorged jugs, though. We haven't had good cow's milk in years. Now we drink the blood of strange, strange men that come through the fields. I'm gonna get the hell out of here. A man's voice yells from the corn. Wait! Yeah, more effeminate than I thought, but yes. A man who looks like Michael Landon, but who's also made entirely of wheat and corn emerges from the fields. Uh, laugh! I breathe the air, I live again! It's father! Are you Michael Landon? Fuck you! <laughs> Don't you ever put words in Michael La put the words Michael Landon in your mouth again! He is an angel! You are nothing! He was a saint taken way before his time. He was born in Queens on Halloween of 36! And he died of Pancreatic cancer on July 1st, 1991. That's true. As I was saying, wait! Don't drink my blood, Cornfather. I am only a young milkman. Listen, right, beautiful milkman. I've been a field now for nine years. The prairie lords fill my guts with bugs and weeds in a way no man or woman will ever satisfy again. I just like the idea that he's also like weirdly sexually satisfied by his place in the corn. That's how I started making shit rickshaw with the produce bag because I was sick of all the cotton. The magic of the prairie seduced me fine indeed, but I was only tempted because literally nothing ever happens in the little house on the prairie. I can't believe all that. Some things must happen at the little house on the prairie. Nothing happens! Every day is boring. This, this place sucks! Please burn the field so we can all be relieved. <laughs> One day I was excited because I found a well. That was it. That was my entire day. <laughs> Our cows got caught in a fence. That was an entire plot of an arc of our television show. <laughs> but wait, you, you guys said your mother had an accident. Was that the plot to that show? I killed my wife just to do something. Mother emerges from the field with a scythe sticking out of her back covered in gore and corn. It's so fucking boring, I won't even come back to life. Mother's father stabs her in the face with a corn stalk. Corn gun. Perfect. You see, I feel nothing. So you guys became scary because the little house on the prairie was such a dull television show? <laughs> I'll kill a child just to smile. <laughs>
<laughs> Anything but sitting on this porch excitedly waiting for the sun to go down because it means we are one day closer to the sweet release of death. But we, we don't, don't think, think we can, can die. die. <laughs> you guys emphasize different words in that one. Yeah, but I like it though. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounded like one of those S things you used to draw looks. Well, I've heard enough. Y'all can come with me and my jalopy <laughs> and the jungle all the way back to my home. I'll show you all the beautiful sights on sunny day farms. My pets, the cows, the jug trees that grow the jugs. <laughs> oh. Damn it, these gloves are so small. <laughs> they're, they're like size small silk gloves. <laughs> Like, why did I make you wear those? Why did I think that was the difference maker in the show? I thought we were now those gloves, man. right? Yeah, those gloves from realism. <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> and Winston, the fine young man I have made out of flower sacks, I will marry one day if he can get his shit together and get, get himself a job. The family celebrates in a horrible Halloween, Halloween Town-style group dance. They break out into a hastily put together song. Oh, we can finally leave the little house on the to life just like in Pee Wee Herman. House. What about me? Everybody will leave and I am all alone. How about we set you on fire? Okay. The children hold on, hold on. This took three hours. Dad. Wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> the children and the milkman set the house ablaze. They all get into Milkman's big stinky jalopy and bejunkle down the road into the sunset. There is a rustling in the corn. Here we go. Rustle, rustle, rustle as it burns to the ground. In fact, Michael Landon emerges. Michael Landon. I did not die in 1991. I am still alive and working behind the scenes to stop Barack Hussein Obama <laughs> and Hillary Clinton's pedophile armies of the deep state. <laughs> Attempt to destabilize the heroic work of, of Holy General Donald Trump. <laughs> But it turned out I have been fooled by 14-year-olds on the internet. <laughs> Every bit of what I read is absolute horseshit. I have wasted my life. So I too will burn with the little house on the prairie. This is a warning. 
Always be thoughtful about what you read on the internet. <laughs> be safe getting home tonight. Don't drink and drive. Also, it turns out there is no heaven. Good night. That's great. That was great, guys. That was incredible. Honestly, thank you for making that come to life. Give it up for Henry Zabrowski, everybody. Henry. This is beautiful. Thank you. I'm going to suspiciously walk forward. You suspiciously walk wherever you need. Oh, and how about our two guests who joined us as well? How wonderful were they? <laughs> All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Those slips, Todd, do you have those slips? Did you put those up here? Will you come up here and, and, and... Okay, so before we get too far, thank you guys very much. Thank you. Give it up for these two again. How wonderful were they? Um, okay. So what's going to happen is I'm going to pull some uh, raffle slips. And if you win, you can come. I got stickers or magnets up here from the show. You can come help yourself to one of them. And if, you, if I pull yours and you got the right movie on the back of your slip, you can help yourself to... That's right. Either of these Westworld pop heads. You'll have two of the seven. So if any of you already have Teddy, Maeve, Man in Black... Dr. Robert Ford and Young Ford. What the fuck is that show about? <laughs> then you can, you can, you'll complete your set. Uh, okay, so first person to win. Carly Hansen. Carly, you, can, uh, you think that my dad, it's the one with the girl who goes into boxing, quotes true story. Uh... Cinderella Man? No, it's a new one. A new one? Uh, it's not that one. But you get a sticker or a magnet. Give it up for Carly, everybody. Carly. Um, what is it called? Girl Who Goes Into Boxing. Does anyone else know what we're talking about? Million Dollar Baby? Oh, yeah. Love those uplifting movies. Next up is... Doesn't she die? I haven't seen that one either. Carter. You just wrote Carter. But, so don't worry, I'll read your email for everyone. Uh, I'm going to assume your last... Uh, Carter, you won, and if, you just, if, if there's more than one Carter, both of you win. So go ahead and you can go. You did not guess a movie, so you do not get a chance to win. Uh, limited edition... Pop the head. Uh, also, Casey. Casey, I'm going to guess Lewis. Casey, uh, you can come up. You guessed it was Kill Bill. It is not Kill Bill. Uh... Also, all right, no name. Um, I drew this. No. 
Mel, Mel, no guess. Mel. <laughs> Truly, the amount of time I spent explaining the game was insane. I played a whole clip. I stood holding the microphone up to the speaker. Andy, Andy, who thinks it's John Wick 3. It is not John Wick 3. It is not, but if you are Andy who thought it was John Wick 3, you can also come get, we got one magnet and three stickers left. I'm just, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Because we got, one of you has guessed so many times and you win nothing. No chocolate factory. Giovanni, who guessed 1,000 ways to die in the West. Giovanni, 1,000 ways to die in the West? It is not 1,000 ways to die in the West, but you win a magnet or a sticker. That one's a magnet. All that we have left are stickers for you plebes. Patrick L. Patrick Lucenhop, I want to say. Pat, I, you wrote it all, so I'm going to say it. Patrick, uh, no guess, no guess. Truly, it is in... It is, there are no stakes to just fucking guessing. You don't have to leave if you're wrong. You know what, from now on, no guess, no fucking sticker. How about that? No guess, no sticker. This is incredible. That, I'm gonna get back to that person's. They guessed a movie that isn't real. Um, Christina, who guessed Taken. Wow, too soon. Um, uh, Christina, Christina, uh, uh, racist apologist Christina, come get your sticker. They probably don't want one now. I apologize, Christina. What the, the, oh! Okay. Oh, shit. Person who clapped before, what's your name? Eric. Nope, I don't have yours. Uh, J.D. Estradi? You guessed... Snatched. Do you see the situation I'm in now? So. Jimmy Carlson. You guessed Snatch. Snatched. This is like when Mr. Burns doesn't know what ketchup to get. <laughs> okay, Jimmy Carlson, you can get first choice. It is Snatch. Snatch, is that what you thought it was with Snatch? God damn, okay. So here's how we're gonna do it. I definitely have this already thought out and this sentence is not stalling. This sentence, this sentence, this sentence. Okay, I believe you guy who, here's the order. Uh, Jimmy, who I drew, who guessed Snatch, you get first pick of either two stickers, Bernard, or Dolores. It's actually cool. It sounds like whatever you think you are, you no longer are. This isn't here. Okay, so actually, Eric, was that your name? Eric, you get first pick over Bernard. Because I believe Eric. I believe Eric knew it was Snatch. You can have two stickers or Bernard is off the table. Okay, and then our last two stickers and Dolores is going to the wonderful couple there in the second row. So you guys win. How, you guys' stickers were different colored pens. Real ruse you put over on me here. 
All right. Um, we're gonna pull. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, after this next scene, if we got enough time, I'm gonna play the. I got one more dad game that we're gonna play. Uh, but let's get our next scene out here. You guys ready for the next scene? How we feel? Thank you guys. Uh, so for this one, um, th since they are in it, we'll do, we'll talk to you about it briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please give it up for uh, John Gabris and Betsy Sadao, everybody. Uh, I just want, it, we don't need one of us for the mic. That's I just, I, yeah, that's what I said. What do you, I want to know what you guys know about House of Cards coming into this. Um, I know that my favorite actor was kicked off. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, before we get too far, because I want to, we also got to use this to, so I need two people from the audience who want to be in House of Cards. Uh, you asked me a question. Yeah, I know I did. And then I realized, because then I heard them saying. And they gave me the immediate, yeah, like, yeah. quiet, quiet, quiet. But John, what were you saying? <laughs> no, I'm not. Fuck no, I was going to interrupt you again as a bit. <laughs> uh, just two people who want to be uh, in how You will get to play Drew or Driver. That's right, two meaty roles. All right, we have one right over here, one right over here. We are gender And we got one back here, right? All right, we got our two. Come on up, come on up, come on up. Uh, go back there. You'll find everyone. And the cool part about Dynasty Typewriter is anything that can fit in your pockets is free to take home. One less step than you think there is yes, back there. I, I fucking stomped hard. <laughs> uh, so, so nothing with. Hey, n this is like this was like the first Netflix show, right? Am, yeah. am I right in remembering that it was like the first Netflix original show? The first big one or the first one that a lot of people watched? Yeah, it was. I never watched one I minute. I have no desire. <laughs> never even like no interest since the beginning. No. no, I've not like I don't like politics as is, and I didn't want to watch a drama. Yeah, it seemed just. So boring. Okay. Like, just boring. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like Mad Men without Joni's tits. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there's probably a million pitch meetings that were exactly that. Uh, what, uh, okay. You guys are both going to be I, I mean, here. of course, we're not going to start watching it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. can't even watch Baby Driver anymore. <laughs> What's wrong with Baby Driver? It's got fucking space in it. Jesus Christ, I fucking forgot everything. I can't watch anything. Okay. Did I even like Baby Driver? No, I didn't. No, I didn't like it. Why'd the kid have an old ass iPod? That's what I said the whole time. I hate. I did not like Baby Driver, and that guy has made movies I do like. I don't know anyone's names. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, because I left and I said Edgar wrong to my friend when we left. Ooh. But I thought it was entertaining. But I'm like, get a new iPod with the touch screen. They, you, they, they come with computers if you're in college. Robin Banks, get a job. Right. Robin Banks sounds like an actress in House of Cards. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I like Baby. I don't even remember if I... I was probably high. I'll go see a movie high and then leave thinking I am like Roger Ebert, like walking back to the car. I'll be like, oh, the action sequences just weren't cohesive enough. And then I get back to the car. I'm like, that was dino there were dinosaurs in that movie. <laughs> watched a movie on Netflix, like, the same movie three times, and gotten an hour into it and going, I've watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they fucking tricked me again. That's like, they just moved, they switched the thumbnail around right. for, like, algorithmic marketing. You just always forget. And I always yeah. like, oh, this, I like this movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie has a girl in it. God damn. <laughs> they really slid Okja in there again. I keep watching I don't even Okja. remember. I just think that one's, like, about a dog or something. It's about a it's an allegory for vegetarianism. Has anyone here seen Oakja? Yeah. Has and anyone who saw it 
stop eating meat after seeing it. Uh, no. My wife's not in the crowd. They all. <laughs> they almost named it okra. Yeah. That's lazy. Okay. That's not as good as Edgar, Edgar Ron, That's for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. Okay, so you guys are both in in house of cards. So I'll yeah. let you get back and and I'll be doing your stage directions. Oh, okay. Day. So you know that we had no idea how this show works. And, no, yeah. yeah. And we had no idea that there was a cast. And stuff yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we leave when we're not in the seats. You'll just, yeah, you'll just come, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> my my shot collar goes off. That's exactly what I was going to do. Yeah, yeah. You can hang right there, you yeah. can watch, and since you guys wrote and you are directing while you're in, you feel free to give notes to any of the other performances Copy while it's happening. Thing. So, my first note, let's get to the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that sound effect's only $8? Um, the all right. only thing we knew about this is yeah. that uh, Spacey's character's name is Frank Underwood. That's and little, I didn't even know that. And I only knew it because of the viral video. The video. Viral video. The video he made <laughs> a week ago. Really, he, yeah, Kevin Spacey had that crazy viral video. Yeah, what, did he fall down the stairs? <laughs> Man, what did, what did he get in a fight? Nah, he wishes. <laughs> he wishes the video was just him fighting a guy. House of Cards. Interior. Dingy club back room. You know it's impossible to get a JPEG of the Bada Bing back room without Tony Soprano in it? I tried to photo... Anyways. Um, a group of young men gather around a table. They all seem excited and a little sketchy. Come on, let's see it. Come on. Let's see it. Oh. Yeah, don't mind this. <laughs> All the costumes and props I had back there, he comes out in one tall hat. <laughs> For me, I don't even know who's the audience member. <laughs> this just seems like a bachelor party you don't want to see. <laughs> Dude, this shit was like, $20 a dough, so be careful. Mano reaches into his pocket and grabs a bunch of loose pills. He scatters them on the table. I heard when you take a hit of Boingo Hotspot, you see the future, and you get real horny. <laughs> what are we waiting for? They put their hands in the middle and in unison say, Let's get horny! Cue hacky drug use montage. Okay, let me see how this works. Hacky drug use. Oh. Wait. That's the last one. I can hear colors. I am getting horny. Everything becomes slow-mo. Everything becomes slow-mo. I'm horny. The three young men are touching each other. Then a random pair of old, unwanted hands. Yeah, it's fun to realize where it's going. Uh, joins in the groping. All of the fun abruptly stops. Whoa, what the fuck? Oh. Reveal that the extra hands belong to Frank Underwood. <laughs> the president or senator or whatever. 
not welcome in this club. Uh, hey, Drew! What's the name of this place again? Club Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You are not welcome here in Hollywood. <laughs> make, make more of a meal of each one. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just heard young men screaming in ecstasy, and I had to see what was going on. <laughs> Get out of here! I don't care if you're the president, or a senator, or a vice senator. Is that a thing? That's not a thing, but I'll tell you what is a thing. This is. Mano pulls out a giant desert eagle pistol and points it well, sort of and points it at Frank. This is a thing too, amigo. Steve pulls out an MP5 machine gun from somewhere. You know, you get looks when you go to the Vine American Party store and say, "Do you guys have an MP5 machine gun?" Drew pulls out a cheesy gordita crunch. Well, the thing I have is a Taco Bell's classic cheesy gordita. Oh shit, no, Drew, that's that's actually a soft taco you have. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> well, Doctor CGC. Two guys open God. the two guys open fire and shoot Frank Underwood. While Drew joyfully chows down on that cheesy gordita crunch, which we'll be referring to as the CGC for the next 400 episodes. What are you keto or paleo? Eat the fucking tacos. <laughs> cut to cut to interior hospital room. Maybe even in front of the table. Frank lies on the bed on life support. His body is full of bullet holes. Robin Wright Underwood is there. She is talking to the Secretary of State. I mean, this can't be right. Me, a woman, taking over as president or senator or whatever? Look, I'm a serious, bald, white man. Secretary of State takes a huge gulp from a giant Baja blast. He looks into the camera. <laughs> a couple more of these, and I can run the country myself. He goes In the meantime, back. you're acting president, or senator, or whatever. Congrats. It was only a matter of time before Underwood went down. Been an open secret for decades how bad this dude is. Just then a nurse overhears. <laughs> Just then a nurse overhears. A nurse? Maybe the nurse and the doctor? Yeah, you know what? You're the nurse and the doctor. Just then. <laughs> 
Just then, the old nurse Dr. Milkman overhears. This is Frank Underwood? Yes, my ex-husband. Now I'm a lesbian in charge of the country. <laughs> Once the nurse has confirmation that this is indeed Frank, she goes around the room ripping up the cards and popping get well soon balloons. Uh, and also is the doctor who has also joined the room. What's all the hubbub? <laughs> I am on my lunch trying to eat a beefy five-layer burrito. Then all of a sudden I hear a racket coming from here. Nurse, don't make me ask again, what is the hubbub? Okay, I won't. Sorry, I was late. That's fine. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm the doctor. Oh. It's crazy. <laughs> That's why it would be easy if one was a man. And, okay. Both of us are women. It's crazy with both women. This show is nuts. Oh, they determined this bullet-laden, bloated corpse was actually Frank Underwood. The Frank Underwood? The doctor, without missing a beat, very casually unplugs Frank's ventilator. <laughs> After a moment, the beeps start to sound like he's living again. The doctor hears him start to live again, and she freaks out. The nurse rips a pillow from under Frank's stupid head and tosses it to the doctor. The doctor then places the pillow over Frank's face and suffocates him. That was good fucking timing. Time of death. Not nearly soon enough. Well, Madam President, or Senator, or whatever, looks like the country or state or legislation's in your hands. Robin slowly walks over to the window and gazes out. I am in charge now. <laughs> I should have been the lead from the get-go. To punctuate this sentence, she leaps through the glass window and lands seven stories down in the middle of the parking lot. One knee with her fist to the pavement, a la superhero. A limo Tokyo drifts into the parking lot. She slides across the hood, up the windshield, across the roof, and into the sunroof, landing comfortably in the limo. The nice. White House, or wherever it is I live. <laughs> <laughs> Interior, the White House Oval Office. Everyone is gathered around a TV set. There are tons of Taco Bell wrappers everywhere. He loads up the DVD player and they all gather around the TV. This is shot from behind the TV, so we have no idea what they're seeing. But we can hear the audio. <laughs> Let me be frank for a minute. Ha! 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 Wait, why is he carving a turkey while saying this? Why did he make this video at all? It, it, it's tone deaf. J just disappear already. 
Now I know what you're saying. Why did I make this video at all? It's tone deaf. And why won't I just disappear already? I wanted y'all to be reminded one last time of why you ever liked me in the first place. Now he's petting a horse? What the fuck is going on? Now this is off the rails. Someone pass me a Crunchwrap Supreme. There's one on the plate, yeah. <laughs> She's handed a Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> it takes a very intense bite of it. We could have had a wonderful ending. And some of y'all are even trying to tell me it's my own fault. It is your fault! Where did he get that marching band outfit? Hey, don't you even try to pin this on anyone else, you sack of shit. <laughs> How about you turn yourselves around and say hi to your new boss? Reveal. Frank walks into the Oval Office, somehow still alive. He well, sets up to give an impassioned speech. Well, well, well. <laughs> He's alive! Get him! Immediately, Secret Service, who are here, some... They're so secret. It's you guys in the audience. <laughs> Pull out their weapons and open fire. This will be cathartic. Shoot me, I'm Kevin shoot, Spacey. Shoot Kevin Spacey with your finger guns. Frank slowly walks towards the barrage of bullets. He's unstoppable. Out of nowhere. Robin has a bottle with a rag sticking out of the top. She lights it with a Zippo and blasts Underwood with a Molotov cocktail. He is staggering around on fire. Oh, I lost my place. Hold on. Don't worry. The next line is one to find. Oh, yeah. Someone, please. Someone, please piss on me. Please. Someone, someone just piss on me. We're not going to pee on you to put you out. Huh? No, I'm just into piss. <laughs> well, I for one didn't come here to kink shame. <laughs> I came here to chew bubble gum and cut creeps' heads off. And I'm all out of bubble gum. She reveals two scimitars drawn. We didn't bring any of our own products. I had some, there were two scimitars back there. Uh, but now it's just two weapons I brought for no reason. <laughs> She decapitates Frank. Whoa! And what's this I hear about only being paid 77% of what you make? She raises one hand in the air and flies straight through the ceiling and soars away. <laughs> in unison, all of the cabinet and secret service shout out, thank you, Madam, Madam President, President, or, or Senator, Senator, or whatever. Robin lands at a podium in front of the American flag. Yeah. Thousands of reporters and people are there. Whoa. Exterior. She's at a rally. As some of you may have heard, the evil has been banished. I'm in charge now, just as you always wanted. And my first proclamation as leader of the free world is Liv Moss! She raises her arms in the sky and there's a big crash of thunder. And suddenly, a bunch of cheese is on my head now. A bunch of Taco Bell rains on everyone. The crowd erupts into a huge party, chanting, Liv Moss! Liv Moss! Liv Moss! Live Moss! Everyone is happy, slamming down Taco Bell. Cats and dogs are even dancing together. <laughs> the camera continues to track below the ground, getting into an interior, dark sewer beneath the streets. We see on a big slab Frank Underwood burned, shot, head sewn back on. <laughs> as big hairy, his big hairy sweaty hands continue to put Frank back together. 
Yes, you are almost complete. You will be a star, and once you are back in society's good graces, it's only a matter of time before I am accepted. Camera pulls out to reveal a Jabba the Hutt-esque character in a Miramax t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and begins to laugh like an evil bastard. Oh, 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 oh. Ah, 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 ah. We fade to black. Oh, I'll do the voiceover. No creeps were harmed in the filming of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. The only house of cards you need are your bowels barely keeping it together. <laughs> house of cards, everybody. Please give it up for Betsy Sidero and John Gabrus. All right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it... <clears throat> A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now at Top Golf, you get half off golf Monday through Wednesday when you book in the app. It could be any Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Like this Monday, next Tuesday, and the following Wednesday. Or maybe this Wednesday, next Tuesday, and the Monday after that. Basically, any Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday is a good day, as long as you spend it at Top Golf. It's golf. It's half off. It's half off golf. Monday through Wednesday when you book in the app for a limited time only. So download the Top Golf app, book a bay, and come play around. Restrictions and exclusions may apply. Visit topgolf.com slash halfoffgolf for details. Langston Kerman, everybody! Were you eating a taco? I thought we were playing a game. I, I wanted you to come play the game with us. Oh, hell yeah. So we're going to play, this is one more round of uh, Guess Kyle Dad movie trailer game. We're going to play all the way through. We'll see if Langston can guess what it is. If not, uh, w once you have a guess, we'll gauge the audience's enthusiasm for your guess. All right, so here's, here's this one. Okay, so there's a storm. They had an accident. Oh. Tons of fast, creepy shots in the rain. Oh, I have a guess. It seems like they're stuck. Do we let them guess now? Yeah. What yeah. do you think it you is? Guys are what do you think it is? It's identity. Holy shit, it is identity. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know identity. It's a great movie. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, you know what? If you want to hear the rest of it, you got to listen to the podcast. Um, wow. Yeah, because they hit that, they hit that, uh, or they get stuck in that car. Yeah. And then that, that shitty kid, spoiler alert, the kid's the murderer the whole time. <laughs> the shitty kid kills his mom. He tricks his mom into getting hit by a car. And then they get stuck at a motel, and they're all actually the murderer. It, they're all within a bigger murderer's body, but the kid's responsible for all of it. Great film! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Langston, you have never seen Scarface. Never in my life. We've talked about this before, but let the people know what, what preconceived notions you have about movie Scarface. Well, I think we all uh, watched MTV Cribs growing up, yes. <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> I know everything the Ying Yang twins told me about Scarface. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's a film where Al Pacino pretends to be Cuban 
for some reason, and he, he murders quite a few people for cocaine, and then ultimately, I think, dies because of that. That's all I know. Uh, and uh, what a classic. <laughs> <laughs> what a timeless, wonderful classic. You know what's the most racist about it is that it's always compared to, like, uh, Goodfellas yeah. and, like, uh, The Godfather and shit. And it's not the same quality of film at right. all. Yeah. Like, those are really good movies. And then they were just like, eh, an Italian. <laughs> They're the same. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whatever Italians make, we'll lump it in together. Cool. <laughs> I was just, really turned yeah, on I was really enjoy- you they loved you when you knew identity and then they were so willing to throw you under the Italian lump bus. <laughs> Which I think would actually be more of a pizza pot. And so um, Sure. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and do Langston Kerman's Scarface. Okay. Langston Kerman's Scarface, everybody. Give it up for Langston. All right, and so I'm just going to be here working this. You'll do stage directions sure. and everything. You pieces of shit better not turn on me again. <laughs> Just because he was late because he was eating a taco, ruined the game six seconds in, and said all Italians are the same. Why would you turn on such an upstanding I was citizen? talking about what the industry did oh, to Italians. Right. I, yeah, okay, you're right. Also, I feel the same way. <laughs> I'm the industry. All right. This All right. Langston Kerman has never seen Scarface. Scarface, the new frontier. <laughs> Based on a few clips I've seen of the actual film Scarface and my obvious hatred towards cultural appropriation and the clear promotion of violence and drugs in black and brown communities. <laughs> All right. Interior, happening discotheque. Remember when we called clubs discotheques? L-O-L. The 70s were crazy. Night. <laughs> the crowd bustling with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and are all dressed in butterfly-collared shirts and pants that look like if Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> Devilishly handsome, not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks in through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Ying Yang Twins one day. Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype and that he has come for his cocaine. As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced V-A-P-E in Spanish. He spots his dear friend who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. Scarface yells out his signature line. Ciao, bella. <laughs> I'm a how you say it. 
if y'all aren't on board with the accent now, you need to be, because we are early boy, in the script. Did, boy, did I commit to it all the way. I just added A's to the end of every word. In There's actually a Google wondering. Chrome plugin up that'll do all that. Ah, uh, don't say that, Scarface. The important part is that you're having fun. <laughs> That's the truth. Anyway, would you like to see these two white ladies make out with each other? They're both heterosexual, but uh, I have enough money that I can make them do that, do what I want, when I want it, including subvert their own sexual desires. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> then, this will probably... The, the then is in parentheses to, the to take a beat. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Don't you write scripts? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. My masterpiece. <laughs> then continue on next page, flip page, continue. <laughs> <laughs> this will probably be met with a lot of pushback in about 30 years. Well, that that was... the sounds are nicer. <laughs> oh, Smoothskin snaps his fingers, and just like that, two really hot white ladies walk in. One of the ladies is Michelle Pfeiffer. Did you know she was in this movie? I just found out. <laughs> I wonder if you get to see her naked. I might actually watch it if that's the case. Anyway, she's getting ready to slob that other not Michelle Pfeiffer lady down when suddenly Scarface stops her. I like your face. <laughs> I like your face too. It's not at all what people have described with their words. I'm taking you back to my pastel palace. You will be my wife. <laughs> Scarface and Michelle Pfeiffer leave the club to go bone until it's itchy down there. <laughs> As they walk out, Smoothskin picks up a really big rotary phone. He dials a number real slow because that's the only way to dial phones like that. They were, they were so inconvenient. Finally, he finishes dialing and then someone picks up. Hey, it's time. We're gonna rob Scarface. <laughs> He's not good at selling drugs. <laughs> he listens. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought I, I thought I must have dialed an eight instead of a seven. <laughs> Just ignore what I said, okay? He listens. Okay, love you too. Bye. <laughs> he hangs up the phone. What a nice lady. <laughs> then. Now. It's time to kill Scarface! <laughs> Interior, Pastel Palace, later. Scarface and Michelle Pfeiffer make sweet love on a pile of cocaine and velvet. Well, actually... It's Taco Bell wrappers. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually... 
Scarface is mostly just masturbating while he blocks the door. He's been in the industry for too long. And given the latest trend of gross men coming to the light, there's no way he hasn't done some horrible stuff to a lady or two. Anyway, Scarface is beating his meat. And Michelle Pfeiffer is into it. And then there's a big knock at the door. You guys both look like a gif. <laughs> There's a knock at the door. Who oh, could that be? <laughs> that was like a weird Asian accent. <laughs> oh, uh, he checks his watch. These are not the cocaine hours. <laughs> He picks up a really big gun. Yeah. Exterior, cut to. Exterior, pastel palace continuous. Smoothskin stands outside with 40 guys who are all pretty tough looking. I mean, they're still dressed like 70s assholes, but tough looking 70s assholes. One guy even has a cigar. Yikes. Hey, open up, Scarface! I'm here to steal your cocaine. Interior, palace, Scarface. Really? You just do it. Yes! <laughs> this isn't a, a practical joke? No, it's serious. And where did your accent go? I, I, I don't know. The joke kind of got old, and it takes too long to write out all the extra A's <laughs> at the end of each word. Anyway, it looks like I'm going to have to murder you and all your friends. Smoothskin and his men kick in the door. I'd like to see you try. Well, then, say hello to my friend who is not actually a person. <laughs> It's an automatic weapon that I refer to as my friend because I haven't worked hard enough to foster healthy fucking relationships. <laughs> Cocaine is really not a number on me! <laughs> a giant gunfight breaks out. Guys are falling left and right. Scarface is really good at shooting people. And he's even better at not getting shot by people. Also, he's eating cocaine like Popeye's eat spinach. Also, Michelle Pfeiffer is running around sucking all the dead guys' penises. Let me suck <laughs> She's really into necrophilia. But even worse, she betrayed him. Damn. No! <laughs> Smoothskin shoots the distracted Scarface in the belly. And then he laughs maniacally. <laughs> you know, they always called me Scarface. But today, smooth skin, you may have scarred my heart. <laughs> Smoothskin is taken aback. That's pretty deep. Then Scarface <laughs> falls to his knees, but lets off one final shot that hits Smoothskin dead in his forehead. Wow. Everyone dies in a pool of their own blood and feces and silk shirts. 
with the buttons open way too far down. No lessons were learned, and yet, a genera- and yet generation after generation will reference this film as a classic. Powerful. <laughs> Langston Kerman, everybody. Yeah. Scarface, everybody. That's the end of the show. Yeah, what a great time. Thank you guys so much for coming to the show. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. I'm very proud of all of you. Thanks, Dynasty. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, goodbye. A podcast network. What's up, folks? Uh, Taking an ad out on my own podcast just so I can let you know about, uh, once again, these upcoming dates I have for my Hard to Say show. March 22nd, I'm in Denver. March 24th, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And March 27th, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you're there, if you know anyone there, it would mean the world to me if you let people know about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing more shows as well. Seattle, Portland, Santa Cruz, Bay Area, look out for that. But if, if you could please let people know the 22nd, 24th, and 27th, I'm going to be in Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins doing comedy about my experience living with trigeminal neuralgia, uh, a.k.a. suicide disease. This is a show I've been working out uh, for a while that, that has been extremely fulfilling and uh, wonderful, uh, you know, despite not being good feeling physically. Um, you know, I know I harp about it a lot and all this stuff going on with my medical situation. This has been sort of my coping and my reason for continuing. So I have, uh, uh, I'm excited to finally do it somewhere else other than Los Angeles. So please, if you're in Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, go to kyleayers.com slash shows. K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S dot com slash shows. Uh, I have a mailing list you can sign up for there as well. It'll let you know when I'm in your area. That's the best stuff you could do to possibly support me would be that sort of thing there. Thank you very much. Um, I hope this was a, I hope I uploaded this ad properly to my own show.